This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki in New Plymouth, thanks to New Zealand On Air. For more local content, search for accessradiotaranaki.com. Kia ora, my name's Rex Lovegrove, and welcome to Colours of the Heart, looking at life's challenges from a place of presence and compassion. Imagine there's no heaven. of the heart and before we kick the ball off it must give Access Radio a thumbs up in relation to their loving support and Kiwi Bite. Thank you brothers and sisters. Now I have Donna in the house and Donna's been with me a couple of times in relation to some corridor around all sorts of topics including intuition and, 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 and a whole range of history and she has an interesting corridor and she's promoting a gentleman named Freddie Silver. Now, what I know about Freddie is very little, but I understand he's, he's a deep researcher. He's been involved in the science of crop circles and a whole lot of other interesting um, sites and, and, and data. So thank you for turning up, Donna. Thank you for having me, Rex. This oh. is marvelous. Um, I met Freddie Silva when he came to New Plymouth and did a talk on crop circles. There was only about oh, 60 or 70 of us there, but it was most amazing talk. And since then, that was 2007, I followed his books and he has been writing on megalithic sites. That means large stone sites in Portugal and in England and Scotland. But then something interesting happened. He began researching the Southern Hemisphere specifically the Andes civilizations, Easter Island, and then he was led to New Zealand. In fact, his most recent book, before the new one, is a new one called Ancient New Zealand. He wrote a book called Missing Lands, which I'm more familiar with because I haven't, I've made myself not look at Ancient New Zealand because I don't want to give anything away. But in Missing Lands, he traced the migration from Peru into what was um, the Indonesian area, possibly as far as India. It's interesting because the Polynesian seafarers, the Maori, are an absolute proof of that. Look at the distances they covered. But he's saying that if you go to an earlier time period, you'll see even more complex trading routes, literally, cultural intermixing, occurring here in the Southern Hemisphere. Now, a very good example of that is a lot of you might have seen on Netflix the Graham uh, Hancock uh, Ancient Apocalypses. But if you'll notice, because I found it a great series, only one of his sites was in the Southern Hemisphere. The rest are in the Northern Hemisphere. But the site he talked about was in Java. And that turns out to be very, very close to what was Zealandia, New Zealand, when it was a continent, almost touched Australia, 
and did touch essentially the island of what was Java at that point. By the way, it was a lot bigger then. So research into our area is turning out to be fascinating. But he's talking about new archaeological sites as well as some interesting details of where sky formations can be predicted. Castle Rock on the South Island, if you can go through a pictorial computerware and see where Leo rises among, above that center stone, it's specifically a solstice 22,000 years ago. Or a solstice is again near 1170. Leo rose above, or Orion rose in a particular position. You can't plan for that without really sophisticated astronomical knowledge. So we have an entirely new area of archaeological research. Why did they build in monumental stones? Think about the stones in Peru. We can't move those today. So we're still trying to figure out how they moved them. I mean, you're talking about blocks above 80 tons. We have no equipment today that's capable of moving a block that size. And then it's been key fitted together so that you, it doesn't suffer from earthquakes. A lot of the megalithic stones are really that well built. They were built to last, probably because they were trying to get a message across to all of the people on Earth. Because suddenly you find that there's a ring of archaeological sites and a ring of pyramids around the planet that all seem to be conveying these very similar ideas. So anyway, the excitement is Freddie Silva contacted me and said, well, I'm thinking about coming to uh, New Zealand again. Um, would you want to organize New Plymouth? And I said, yes, of course. And it turns out New Plymouth is the only place on the North Island that he's talking. All of the other talks are on the South Island. And it's about his new book, Ancient New Zealand specifically looking at the geological sites and some of the more interesting stories that are in Egypt, in the Andes, and in Peru, and the stories from Easter Island, which talk about the fact that once a year, the people of Easter Island, thus all those people involved with that trade route, came to the land where the gods were born in the south of the Pacific. It was a very special, sacred journey that they did every year. I think it's going to be a fascinating talk, and the talk is Saturday the 18th of February. It's a Saturday night. The talk will be at 7 p.m. I expect it'll go an hour and a half, possibly two hours, and then I'm sure I'll get inundated with questions. He's really good at answering. By the way, he's from Portugal. So this is an international speaker. His English is excellent. He's a real pleasure to listen to. And he, you can go to his website, and he, he's done films and movies about some of the sites. And he did this wonderful little commercial about being here in New Plymouth. I'm like, Yay, because we're the only ones. We're getting a lot of people from all over the island coming to this talk. Um, you can get tickets to the talk by, it's, um, I'm just read it off the sign. It's A-R-T-E-S-I-A, Artesia co.nz and you can buy a ticket at that site. One of the details on the ticket, when you hit buy ticket, you go to this little thing where it's asking how many tickets. Don't forget to hit one there, even if there is one there, because that's telling them there's a person there, and then the rest of the ticket thing works. Wow. So we're learning on it, but I think it's worth 
We have 60 tickets left, but we've got two weeks that are going to disappear quickly now. So if you're interested in hearing a really extraordinary talk, I'd encourage you to come and hear Freddie Silva talk about New Zealand's history. Beautiful. And I can feel your excitement. This is, this is something you actually love, huh? I've done a lot of research, and you've heard me talk about the papers on Atlantis. This is even more bizarre because remember the stories we have about Atlantis is they were at war with another civilization, but they also interacted and cooperated with that civilization. Atlantis probably wasn't one city. It was probably a string of cities around the planet. Wow, actually beautiful, beautiful. Fano, hey, we'll pause for a song. And if you haven't been told today, let me be the first. You are cared for. Cure.
Giordano. Hey, what can forward the colours of the heart? Yeah, sorry. Made reference. My good friend Donna is in the house and she's speaking about history and a gentleman named Freddie Silver. And I, in, in, the, in the pause time, we, we were kicking the ball around and I came up with this question that at that time seemed really prof profound in relation to what we're navigating into. And also, um, I feel there's a lot of our history that has been um, suppressed. Um, I, I don't feel personally that we're the only intelligent life. And there's a question mark around the intelligence in relation to humanity. And I don't mean that as a scorning poke in the eye. We, we don't treat one another that well generally speaking. And I know there is, um, there is um, people who have um, uh, well-rounded hearts who, who, who beat compassion and caring and, and, and presence. I get that. But generally speaking, um, we have the uh, a, a tendency to throw stones before we actually listen. And our history is suggesting that there's more to us than the, the noise and the aggression and uh, violence. So Donna, um, um, as I was warming into in relation to this question, we're not the only intelligent source. Right. Right. And well, our history got manipulated. But the detail on that, remember the, the usual definition of history is history is written by the victors. And think about the suppression of Maori history which occurred in the first half of the 19th century and the hard-fought relearning, relearning the language, relearning the history, relearning all the connections, preserving the artifacts that preserve the Maori culture. Whereas, I'm sorry, the European colonizing force would have wiped out, and in a lot of areas of the world, wiped out whole civilizations. Um, my grandmother was American Cherokee, so the Trail of Tears means something very directly to me. And there were tribes lost. There were 364 tribes in the United States when Columbus landed. There's not a full hundred now, because sometimes some of the tribes are down to four or five people carrying that genetic line. Right. But I want to describe the other thing that's suddenly changing. You're right, our, our thinking about history is changing. It's changing because of the science coupled to archaeology. And that's LADAR, the ability to examine underground ruins without digging them up, so you know they're there. We know that Temple in Java has three chambers to it. We know that there are chambers under the Sphinx, and they go quite a bit out on the plane, uh, on the plane nearby. And some of the rooms are quite big. Um, they say we're not allowed to excavate them, but we certainly see a lot of dirt moving out from under the Sphinx at the moment. So we think they're doing it on the slide to see what's there. But this idea of hiding our history, giving somebody power, is a little scary to me. The other parts of science people's blood, their own genetics, carries the history of all the people they interacted with. Mm. I have a friend who sent her blood test off and she discovered she was Lebanese and they had no idea that there was that much Lebanese in the family. And she was 30%. The new blood test can go back much farther in ancestry. 
one of the things that came out of that is there isn't a pure form of any person on the planet. They can now tell whether you have Neolithic ancestry or Denisovian ancestry. Both of those are types of cavemen. And they interbred with Cro-Magnon or contemporary human. And that level of research, sometimes from the tiniest little bone fragment, will tell you almost what the people looked like and where they were from, and suddenly we have a migration pattern across the planet. But what Freddie Silva has come upon is combining some of these new scientific techniques, which are often based on very tiny bits of information. He's pointing out a migration pattern that we would have never expected. One of the things that fascinated about the Maori migration they were very clever how they did it because I read the books about the fact they would always go with against the wind because they knew if they got in trouble, they could turn around and the wind would take them back. But we're talking about another civilization that went with the winds and risked crossing the Pacific. But we may have had a lot more adventurous people than we realized. I think human beings love to meet other human beings. They're fascinated by it. And our genetics indicate that we were even more fascinated. We are all hybrids of a lot of different species. And by the way, hybrids are always the healthiest animal. They will live longer, they will be healthier, and they're more genetically resistant to anything. So enjoy your hybridness because you probably have more of it than you thought. So all of this new science, new ways of looking at science, and new ways of looking at the human population yes. are going to change all of it. And there are a lot of things about human genes. Greg Braden's book is absolutely marvelous. The second gene of the human 26 chromosomes is way too big. It deals with the frontal cortex, and somebody messed with it in a level that we cannot manage today. It has been a modified gene, and it's obvious that it's modified. Wow. So science and our own blood chemistry and our own lifestyles and this reemergence of our own cultural history and the preservation of it, and then the comparisons between various parts of the world having exactly the same stories. We're all connected, and we could do a lot better job taking care of each other because we're all brothers and sisters. Oh, it's absolutely beautiful. And, and my questions, um, you answered that all over the place, and I'm grateful <laughs> for that. I'm absolutely grateful for that. I, I think. It's the reality of the world we're about to create. Yes. The silliness of diversity doesn't need to exist. We seem to spend a lifetime looking for separation rather than linking hands in the unity that's naturally innate in our DNA. Right. And Freddie Silva and the archaeologist Graham Hancock, other people like that, are using hard science to show it to us so it can't be hidden in history anymore, and it can't be hidden in books. So having a public speaker come and talk about a very ancient unity, a world where people traveled around the world to meet all the other people. Wow. Beautiful. Now, I want to whilst I'm feeling it, Atlantis. Now, yes. I know that is a, a, a subject. I love that topic. <laughs> I know you love that topic. And we, we have some time to 
to spare in relation to that that's pertinent to you and your heart. So mm -hmm. could you talk a little bit about Atlantis and how that all links in with Freddie's work and everything that you passionately have been sharing? Well, Atlantis, because it's a story by Plato, we have written documentation of an ancient civilization, a high and strong city that was destroyed in a single night. And it's always credited as a punishment of the God because they have become corrupt. That's a little tricky. I began researching that because I once worked on the archaeological dig on Thera, which is Santorini, and it was a volcano that blew up in the Mediterranean. Date doesn't work, but it would have been a great location for a sunken city because it was there. But once you get into the research, I found 18 different sites that could be Atlantis. The uh, Eye of the Sahara is in the correct circular dimensions. There's an area in northern, um, just north of the Straits of Gibraltar that would have been a very, it was a marsh, it would have been a very good location. I actually currently agree with Randall Carson because he believes it's the Azores, because if you look at the underwater pictures, the Azores, whole sections of the island sloughed off. And you have to remember, we had a 400 meter ocean rise. That's the reason New Zealand's so small today. It was much, much bigger. And we have maps of Zealandia as a continent because it was a continent, it was big. We stretched all the way over to Australia. You could have walked there. So these new looking at our history and exploration of Atlantis just started it. We found all these sites and then we started finding megalithic monuments. And that's what Freddie Silver was involved with, was locating as many, these are megalithic, mean massive stone monuments where they are. You can't date stone. You can only date if the stone squished something, which is interesting. So they very carefully dig up and hunt for insects or plants or something under the base of the stone. And that's beginning to give us the dates. But the dates turned out to be much, much older. Oh, these are just Neolithic, just at the start of agriculture. You know, some of them turned out to be a lot older. But they were all used to calculate astronomy. They wanted to know when the eclipses were. They wanted to know when the comets were. And they could do that. Do you realize that's a, a thousand or a hundred thousand years? The Mayans had worked out precession, which is the wobble of the earth over 25,000 years, keeping records of that long of the motion of the stars and the positions of the stars come up. All of that was a worldwide concern because we had megalithic or astronomy-based temples around the planet. They were fascinating. So our ancient ancestors weren't dumb. Uh, they were quite bright, but what they chose to focus on was the position of the stars. It was important. We don't completely know, but that is a very sophisticated piece of mathematics to work out. Remember, the Mayan calendar is more accurate than the Julian calendar we live under. It has a stop date, but in terms of calculations, it's actually very accurate. All of these is our history and People like Freddie Silva and Grant Hancock and a lot of the contemporary comparative mythologists, they're comparing stories, they're talking to the current archaeologists, trying to get funding to do these very odd sites and dig them up, are opening up a new kind of history. But it's going to be a different history because it's going to connect us together. It's not a separation story, it's a connection story. Oh, beautiful. I could, I could listen to you forever. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But it, I really appreciate the opportunity because I think this is extraordinary. I'll, I'll tell a story. Um, 
you know it's an American accent, but I am a Kiwi now and I, I became a citizen 2007, a long time ago. I was always fascinated by history and what was known. And New Zealand is such an extraordinary place. It's an island, it's in the Pacific, and oh well, it's just, you know, it's the tiny little country of New Zealand, not terribly important. It may have been a major point on the trading, but he's hinting in his books that there was something even more important going on in terms of, well, he said Easter Island and the Peruvians had a story of making a pilgrimage here because that's where people made contact with the gods. Beautiful, beautiful. Hey, whanau, you've heard it first here on Colors of the Heart. Hey, please turn up. Please turn up to this gentleman's magic and thank you, Lana, for sharing that that you lovingly share. Thank you. Kia ora. Thank you for your time and your ears. If you are inspired and stimulated by what has been said, you can contact me at Mountaintop Life Coaching and look forward to hearing your feedback. If you haven't been told today, let me be the first. You are cared for. Kia ora. This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki with help from New Zealand On Air. To find more local content, go to our website, accessradiotaranaki.com.